eruption, like a storm on the broad water that bent the cypresses and churned the waves to overwhelming force. She accepted him as she would a storm, enduring his wildness as a last cresting surge made him groan and convulse. Deep within she felt a slow, pulsing fountain, could almost hear it with the secret parts of her body. He collapsed on her, his lips against her throat, and was so still she grew fearful. Etienne? He didn't answer. She gave him a shake. Etienne? Are, are, are you all right? He raised himself on one elbow and gazed down at her, his face no longer that of a stranger, but of her lifelong companion. She realized with a shock that his eyes were moist. Etienne never cried, and she, in imitation of him, seldom did, though she felt like it now. Are you hurt? she demanded. She had seen red wolves mating once, had one autumn come upon a deer in a clearing, and the pairings of Etienne's hounds were frequent, so she understood the essence of what had happened, but perhaps it was different with men? Made them sick for a while, or sad? Then she wouldn't want it, even if the dull ache between her thighs would happen only this first time. Cupping her face in his hands, he said huskily, I hurt you, didn't I? Rachel, I'm sorry, I shouldn't. It just hurts the first time, Etienne. She had learned this from her reading, though she didn't understand why. Yes, I guess so. I mean, oh, sacre Dieu, my angel love, it's not just the hurt. He scowled, black brows drawn together above his straight nose, and she exulted in how handsome he was, with his cleft chin and coloring as fresh as a girl's beneath his tan. "'Has your father not explained anything?' Rachel couldn't keep from trilling with laughter. Her father knew the Latin names for every flower and plant in this northeastern part of Texas that bordered on Louisiana, just as he knew the names of all the Roman emperors and could recite most of Chaucer in rippling old English. Those had been Rachel's lullabies, had soothed her childish nightmares and rare fevers, Papa's gentle hand and deep, beautiful voice. But he knew almost nothing about women.' Five years ago, she thought she was bleeding to death. Only then had Bradford Dellis roused from his plants and books long enough to tell her, awkwardly, that it was nature, that the flux would stop but come each month until— "'Will I have a baby now?' she asked her lover. Etienne shook his head in dismay, but at least there was a softness to his smile, and he didn't look quite so troubled. "'Not likely, little one. Not from this once.' and it won't happen again till we're properly wedded. I shall speak to your father today. Wedded? Rachel lay very still. Thoughts, impressions, half-drawn conclusions came together, forming one deep-rooted resolve. It was so strong, it never occurred to her to question it. I'm not going to marry Etienne. After a moment's astonishment, his frown took on a look of anger, and a note of hauteur chilled his tone. Is it because I'm poor, or because I'm Cajun, or because old Matt Bourne never married my grandmother, and my mother was born illegitimate in the house where you live? Would that festering wound never heal? One of Rachel's first memories was of a dark boy, older than she, coming out of the woods near Tristesse with his hounds. Rachel thought the hounds beautiful, with their golden eyes and smiling tongues, and the boy had watched her gravely as she petted and crooned over them. He spoke to her in an odd kind of French, 
She answered him carefully, for French was not her best lesson, and she didn't want the splendid stranger to think her stupid. Papa had taught her to answer in whatever language she was addressed, Latin, French, or English. The boy had become more friendly then. He'd offered her chewy, hardened sap from a sweet gum tree, and switching into English, he'd showed her a tiny plant with a tubular blue flower, poor man's weather glass, which opened in sunshine but closed when bad weather was coming. She had insisted he show Papa, who, as a botanist, was delighted to discover what he called Anagallis arvensis. This led to Etienne staying to share vegetable soup, deliciously flavored with herbs. After supper, Papa had read Mr. Longfellow's long poem about the Acadians, Evangeline, which told how one of the separated French Catholic lovers had been sent to Louisiana, as Etienne's forebears had also been. Cajuns have a proud history, Papa told Etienne. They were loyal to faith and country and would not renounce either. Next day, Etienne.